Welcome back to Bear With Me. The Boston Brewers are now 34, 12, and 13, and that is good enough for first in the Atlantic, tied for first in the Eastern Conference, and tied for second in the National Hockey League. My name is Joey Capone. That's Rob Tachi. Rob, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you again. I'm in pain. No, I'm good. I'm good. I've it's heard, good to be I've back. I've, I've missed you. I've missed the podcast. Sorry, everybody. Oops. We are. We do still do the podcast. We, this, we didn't quit. We're just. We are on strike a little bit. We're holding out for a better we're contract. Out for a we don't make contract. any money at all. Like, yeah, we're mad. We don't know who at, but we're our mad. Contracts at sucks. We're not getting paid enough. That's um, the problem. Well, a lot has happened. A lot has happened since we've since we've been gone. Yes, and uh, not much of it good. Almost exclusively negative, honestly. Almost exclusively uh, negative. When I sat down to make my notes for this episode, I went on a mission. I was like, all right, I know it's going to be a negative episode, but we got to throw in some positivity. And it, <laughs> everything I found, I was like, all right, well, that's another for the negative column. Uh, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Can we start with a big positive? Can we start with yeah, a big positive? Yeah, please. We have Everybody to. says when you have bad news and you have good news, start with the good news first. Because then you get to wallow in the bad news after for a long time. Uh, and the good news is the first in the Atlantic tied for first in the East and tied for second in the National Hockey League. That, that makes no sense to me. No, nobody's winning. Been two I think. months of me being like, surely we're not at the top anymore. It's they reached are. a point where it's really on the rest of the league. Like, I think it's more condemning of them. They're like, you know, like the Bruins win like once every two weeks now, right? I'm exaggerating. Like Don't they're playing games every day. The National Hockey League has games every day. I don't know who's winning them. Not the people behind I'm us. Pretty sure by definition, someone has to be winning them. Well, weird, like, I don't Florida know. Who went is. On, Florida went on a crazy winning streak. And they're oh, they're still they're only a point behind us, so they are right there, but it's like you should be in first, guys. Like we're we the Bruins do not deserve first in the Atlantic right now. Yeah, they just, they just that don't. thirteen overtime losses is just staring me dead in the face right Dude, now. Those I, Panthers behind us have four. I I want to I wanted to get into it before I got to the stat, but we're just going to jump to it. Uh, you may have seen this. So the Bruins have played fifty nine games this season. Right. You may have seen this, right? Um, top of your head, of them, yeah. top of your head. How many of those 59 do you think have gone to overtime? 20, 21. Wow. 36% of the season has been in, gone to overtime. They love overtime. They love it. They've lost in overtime 11 times. That's league leading. Fantastic. The most give goals. Yeah. Most goals given up in overtime. 14. Haven't they lost 14 over time? Well, oh, well, if you're talking shootout losses, too. I They've guess. lost 13, I believe. I think that we won five in OT and won three in the shootout, if I'm not mistaken. Um, five straight overtime games, six of their last seven. Not, this is not great. Uh, it's just guaranteed. You don't have to tune in till three hours into a game, you d- which is great for t- a 10 p.m. start tonight where you can just set your alarm for 1 a.m. <laughs> And watch them lose in overtime to Matty Beneers. Is that a, an official prediction? Beneers with the OT as I win? said it, I'm like probably. I don't know. Or watch the Bruins just kick their ass. No, the Bruins will win because they only like the Edmonton game, which was game of the year. 
great game. They, they hide it behind a 9, 10 p.m. start. But mm-hmm. then a 7 p.m. start, no, they'll lose those because people are watching. Dude, I'll might weird. I don't even have all over the place too. I don't even have that kind of rhythm to them. You know, I don't even have the a metric for, okay, well, a 7 p.m. game, they're going to lose a 10 p.m. game. It's going to go. I just feel like every game is an overtime loss. That's no, just. No, they are. I'm exaggerating. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> really I don't remember the last time that they've done anything yeah. but that. Even when they dominate an overtime, even when they have an overtime power play, it's like, well, there's going to be a rush the other way that looks ugly on one defenseman. Yeah, it was the Kings yeah. game. They, they, they had the power play in overtime, and as it expired, the person out of the box scored his first NHL goal to yeah. win. Great. Love it. Uh, Per Ty Anderson. Bruins are 25-1-7 when leading after two periods, which is 27th in the NHL. Oh, my God. Uh, So the the big concern now is them not being able to close out games. We can take this Canucks game as the most recent example, um, where the Bruins were up 2 to nothing. And then with like, what, seven and change to go in the third, uh, we came to one and then we came to two and then they lost. Whoops. Uh, Real tough. There's a lot to unpack within that game. Um, I don't know how much we want to get into nuts and bolts. Uh, The the two things that stick out to me were that DeBrusque too many men penalty. The one where Marchand was like a quarter mile away from the bench and Jake's like, I'm ready. Let's get out there. Uh, that much like the Calgary game a couple weeks ago, you take a too many men in that situation at that time in the game. I at that point, I texted you. I'm like, I hope they lose. Like you deserve to lose that game. You shouldn't get both points out of this game out of principle. And they did. Yeah, no, no. And those kind of mental mistakes are not. Here's the thing. In general, over the last stretch of I don't know what, like a month, things have been trending down. Yeah, at least sounds about right. Over the, I've I've steered very far away from it. Anything resembling a panic button, just because you know they have such a lead, they're still maintaining uh, their their position at the top of the division, top of the conference, and um, this is also just the stretch of the season where you're just waiting for the postseason. And for to me, I'm 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 trying really hard to not, unless there's some big glaring issue. To, to steer clear of any kind of uh, over over uh, reacting to these things, but mental mistakes like that those are new, those are new enough to to point out and to also maybe start to look at and be like, okay, why are we doing this? You know, I understand bodies in front is where they're gonna they're not gonna uh, excel, and I understand that. Uh, even goal scoring, like it's just not going to come. They're not going to rack up as many goals as in years past. But to be making mental mistakes like that is like is is new enough to at least bring up. I don't know if panic is the right word, but it's confounding. I think is the way to put it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I'm just it's not a good sign. That's for sure. Of all the things that you want to see amid some struggles. There's just some games that you're going to go, oh, yeah, that happens. You know, bad bounce, whatever. But uh, those kind of mistakes, those those piss me off. Just self-inflicted. I, I don't, the self-inflicted wounds. Missing team meetings. Oh, yeah, I want to talk about that. 
I don't know. Is that a dumbass jump to make? I don't know. But no, it, well, it falls that's in the mostly same what we do. That's fine. If you missed it, Derek Forbert missed a team meeting on the road. And as a consequence, will not be suiting up for Monday night's game. By the time you're listening to this, the game has probably already happened. So Derek Forbert wasn't in the game. You may have noticed. Uh, this is after Forbert's been pretty ass lately. Uh, I've defended him on here quite a bit. I think we defended him on here quite a bit. Uh, kind of past that now. Uh, last 10 games, uh, zero, zero, and zero in a minus four. The only one on the team who has a worse plus minus is Stanton Heinen at minus five. Uh, and beyond just a stat line, just watching him is kind of difficult. Uh, take the Canucks overtime winner, for instance. Uh, you know how Brock Bozer scores a lot of goals? You know how you don't look at him when he's standing in front of your goalie in overtime? You know how you do that, Derek? Great. I don't know yeah. if he did. He did. That's that's exactly what happened. Uh, it's been tough. It's He's been in more or less everybody's doghouse lately. So now to do something like miss a team meeting, which I, you and I, have not been in the NHL. Uh, so I cannot speak to what that is like on the inside, but I can't imagine it looks good, especially when your play has been bad and people have been asking your coach, Hey, how do you feel about Derek Forbert not playing well? And you're like, Oh, he'll get there. It's like, this can't be yeah. good on top of that. And when you're thin defensively, because Hampus yes. is down and you week need guys to step up. So you're, you're presumably, you know, you're going to need, some some young guys, you know, you're gonna have to dip into into Providence a little bit, and you need the guys who have been here to step up, play their role, blah 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 blah, all that, and then to to have them. I don't even want to call it a mental mistake. What do you call that? Just, what missing a meeting? Yeah, being lazy. That has to be a mental. I I think that mental mistakes probably sure. I mean, we don't know what happened, but that would probably be my safest guess to venture. Yeah, it's just the worst thing you could do it's it's a bad look and like you i've i've defended forbert and we talked about on the show a few weeks ago which was probably the last episode uh about how when forbert makes mistake it's glaring but when any defenseman makes mistake it's glaring but the more you don't notice them probably the better right at least if you're just casually viewing the game and that Derek forbert is pretty sound defensively i don't know if that's been true recently like you said for media to bring up, hey, this guy's not playing well. What do you think about it? It's a little more than uh, you know, a mishap here and there, a giveaway here and there. You know, slow getting back on the rush here and there. That's just continued bad play. It's like the worst timing, man. It's the worst timing. Like right now, you do not need those added um, distractions, and you also don't need to be extra thin defensively. That's the other thing too. Is like. You could make an argument and have a full conversation about whether or not Monty needs to implement a punishment right now. You know, like I get it. It is a really bad mistake. On the flip side, is now the time to thin yourself on defense a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's still, it's not like they're dressing five defense tonight. Like they still got their six. Um, but yeah, no, it's just all in all, it's just like, dude, that's probably the last thing you needed to be doing. Um, I don't. I haven't heard his name in regards to like the trade block. It's not an expression. Um, 
being on the block. I, I stop it, Rob. Being traded. Haven't heard his name. Um, kind of seen it now. Uh, uh, including people, the Olmark trade thing is coming back. Everyone's um, on it now. Everybody's you know on who it. Who I heard today being put on it? Hmm. Whom? JVR. Uh, expand on that. That JVR is cheap. And, oh, I thought you meant you uh, heard that JVR was talking about Olmark being traded. I'm like, what is the context for this? No, 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 that, no, no. Uh, We're keeping JVR. JVR's name has come up in trade conversations amongst the media. Well, that's that he might be able to get a good pull. Maybe, but I, mean, I, I don't. Some I don't know. A lot of people are thinking and talking about how this tough stretch might be affecting what the Bruins do at the deadline, and it is might There's, have a. I don't know if it does. It's a couple of games. I don't know. I think I it's think like if they fell out of the standings does. and they were like, you know, now in bigger need and they, they really needed a push to get like, you still have the same group. You still have the same group. You know, yeah, you didn't lose anybody for the season. Marshan didn't go down with a season ending injury. It's me knocking on wood. Yeah. I probably shouldn't have said that, but that's not, I don't know. I don't know if it's enough to change your needs. And just start talking about okay, who do they sell off? No, I, I I think it's a bit of a panic button situation for a lot of people. I'm not there yet. I will say, uh, like many others, I texted you. Uh, it smells like a first round exit, and you were like, "All right, calm down." Uh, I have seen this seem this last game, the Canucks loss, seems to be the turning point for a lot of people. Where now the conversation is, I'm worried about the playoffs. Obviously, it has nothing to do with them making the playoffs. Like they're other than like an act of God in like a zero and twenty run for the rest of the season. Like they're making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we learned last year, it doesn't. It, there's a lot more to it than just getting in. Uh, you have to play well when you get there. And if and they have a lot of season left to turn things around. I'm not saying that like the playoffs start next week in like oh shit. Uh, but I, how can you watch the Bruins for the last two weeks and not be a little concerned? L- letting up third period leads and losing games in overtime and just not really being mentally sharp for most of the game or most of the games, too. We have an, uh, eight straight games without a regulation win. It's the first time since 2010 that's happened. This is the eighth loss of the season, this Canucks loss, after they had a third period lead, which is NHL leading. These are concerning trends and like the type of play that does get you kicked out of the first round. And again, I'm not predicting a first round exit. I'm just saying my concern right now is more about just like them. It feels all mental right now. Like it just feels like nobody's sharp mentally. That's where it comes down to. And that's why I'm glad it's happening now and not, you know, 20 games from now. Yeah, you know, if this was the final stretch of the season leading into the playoffs, I'd be right there with you. And I understand like it is a growing concern and a growing feeling amongst people that it's going to be a first round exit and whatever. I think a little bit of that is just PTSD too. Oh, it is that uh, the fact that it's first round too. You know, I think that people are saying first round because because of what happened because uh, what happened last year. Yeah, we don't talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Twenty nineteen. Remember, remember what happened in twenty nineteen. Game seven. Ah. Uh, 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 um, I, I don't know what it, oh, I will say this, the eight games without a regulation win, 
That's that sucks. Kind of like that. And they're concerning trends, yes, but it's also a really small timeline that you're looking at. You know what I mean? It's not like over the course of the season, this regularly. Ha- I mean, I guess you know, like it is league leading, but when it happens four times in a week, yeah, you're going to be leading the league. The fact that it's in this condensed period of time to me, I'm I'm so far from panicked. I think that I, this is nothing more than gut here. This is just gut talk. I think this is just a chapter we look back at and be like, man, do you remember in February when we were really concerned about what they were going to look like? Wet in the bed. When they were wet in the bed. A lot of bed wetting going on in February. February bed wetting. The wet month. Might be the name of this episode. February bed wetting. Yeah. I just, I, I still, for whatever reason, believe just because I've seen what this team looks like at their best, that this is just a stretch that we look back on when they're in the postseason and this doesn't feel like their identity anymore. Like this didn't, this wasn't their identity two months ago, three months ago. Who's no. to say two, three months from now, this is what they are. I feel like identity is a big word around the team anyways, because uh, I don't know if you've noticed in Jim Montgomery's tenure with the Boston Bruins, uh, has a habit of changing up the lines quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of hard to be like, oh, well, they'll put up the, the first line, like the the first line. Like minute to minute, game to game, I have no idea what the lines are going to be. I I genuinely gave up. Like I don't like I. I it seems that a lot of people have two because there used to be like a lot of like response to like when the lines would get shown on Twitter, either at practice or pregame. And obviously, there's some discussion about it, but like it's always now like it just it, there's no point in us breaking it down because three shifts into the game, this will not be the lines anymore. Like at yeah. practice today, they had Richard on the top line. And I'm like, I like that. I don't know if he stays on there for more than a shift or two, if at all. JVR in the fourth line, same thing. I don't know. It just, so to go back to the identity thing, it just, it seems like this team is completely without identity right now. Like, I don't know how to describe this team right now. Even beyond just this skid, it just, I, I don't know. I think, um, Game management might be Monty's. I mean, not might be. I think it's pretty definitively his weakest uh, aspect of coaching. Um, Because, I mean, as a guy, from what we see and from his relationship with the guys that we see, all seems good. All seems great. If you look at his, his record, looks pretty good. Did I like I, the goalie tandem. We all I, like the tandem. We like how they've been used. I think we all like that Swayman's getting a little bit more these days, which is something we should also talk about. I don't even I don't know if we need to say more than that, that we like it. I like it. But the lines switching up constantly, frustrating. Yep. The rookies, the kids, just not seeing the ice at the end of games. Oh, my God. So that's what I wanted to bring frustrating. up. Frustrating. Did I send you that so Lorai tweet? Please. So... Mason Lorai on the ice for the Bruins, two goals against the Canucks and Monty sits him for the last eight minutes of the game in regulation. And you know, the Bruins did not win that game in regulation or at all. Uh, Don't love it. Like this has been like a a topic all year long between Lorai. Mostly it was a Potra discussion. 
but just you got these guys that are like doing well for your team in the first two thirds, three quarters of the game. And the reward is you don't have to play the end of the game. Don't worry about it, buddy. Don't love it. I think that is uh, a, a weakness of Monty's coaching is either. I don't know why he does this. I, I, I don't know if it's like he thinks it's for them or what, but it, the results I think kind of speak for themselves. Like I, I and like, I'm not yeah. going to say if you put Lurie out there at the game, we win the game. But it just like optically, it's not great. Like I, I don't like that you bring up Lorai and he looks much better than he did his last stint, which he looked much better than the stint before that. Like continuing to improve his game, like winning new games. He had three assists a couple of games ago. Like sure, a little, a little indefinitive. Uh, in, I forgot what my words are failing me today. A little lackadaisical getting out of his own zone sometimes. That's probably the one thing I consistently see from him. But this is a guy that, like, you... I don't think he goes back to Providence. I don't see a point in this season that Mason Lorite is not on the Boston roster. I think he is with the team for the rest of the year. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. And if that's the case, maybe you play him at the end of the game. Maybe. I don't know. It's becoming harder and harder to defend just because of what the results are. But like I do I understand the mentality or I guess what's what people are assuming is Monty's mentality that you want to get the top guys used to being out there in late and close situations because in the playoffs that's what you're gonna do. I also think when you're late and close, this Often, this uh, not close to the end of the year, I understand, you know, we're in the third chapter here of four, but you can't, like, you can't wear these guys down to that point because I think that's going to happen, that you're going to wear down those top guys. There's no point in getting them used to being exhausted. And uh, and also, it's tough to feel like you your coach has a lot of faith in you when when you're being set, even though it's like the way the team is and the way he coaches and uh, you, you've come to expect it. I don't think it makes you feel better. No, it doesn't. It can't. There's no way it does. No. And again, like I can only speak from a fan's perspective, but from that perspective, it just sucks. I think Laura yeah. is a good defenseman. I think he helps you win games. So I don't know why you're keeping them in the toolbox in the most important part of the game. And it's not like he's like the odd one out. It's like we we have a pretty shaky decor right now. I don't like Forbert's play. I don't like Grizzlick's play. McAvoy is like uh, completely fine. I, <laughs> like I have literally nothing <laughs> negative to say about Charlie McAvoy. I was about, uh, well, what are you about to say? About- <laughs> I was like, maybe I should have spaced those out I, a little bit more. I'm sure I gave yeah, some. Chuck has been, been, Chuck has been offensively his oh, best. So too. fucking good. He's been oddly in the last 10 games. He's a minus four in the last 10 games, which I thought was surprising. I but think everybody seven, is. Uh, more negatives and positives for sure. Pasta is a plus four. You know, Pasta is a point per game the last 10 games. Which, like, I know for the season wow. that's not surprising, but, like, in this skit, I wouldn't have guessed that. He was 3, 7, and 10 in the last 10. And then uh, so JVR's 3, 2, and 5. He's also up there. Pasta. The pasta tax is on full display recently. Oh, what was the game that you were freaking out about him in overtime? Um, what, what was that? You were mad. They, it was, they lost it in overtime. 
it was it was this crazy game where they went to overtime and then they lost. <laughs> you laughed in there. Which one was that? I don't even remember. It was the Flames. It was the Flames. Yeah, it was the Flames. Yep. It was an obnoxious, obnoxious decision by David Pasternak. But the thing is, oh, it was that two one one. It was that two one one where he tried to sneak at five hole. Yeah. Very polarizing moment. I noticed a lot of people. Thing had, is, he's, did people? Whatever. I can't. I don't. I don't even want to get the, into the that. the pro camp was that. That's the guy who's third in the league in scoring, and you let him take a shot on net on a two on one. There. Yeah. There. My problem, which was after the fact, like I don't disagree with that on, like in principle or anything, but given that it did not go in. I feel like it was too tight for a pass. I don't even think he could have gotten a backhand off. But like, if you're going to shoot that on pads, like, don't wire it to create so you could create a rebound. But he was Far trying to side. sneak at five hole. He was trying to sneak at five hole. So that that's it's kind of hard to critique it that way either. I didn't really have too strong of an opinion one way or another about it. But it's just it's far from the biggest problem of the past. Correct. Yeah, that's two a weeks good way or whatever. Yeah, yeah even in that game, you shouldn't be in that situation. No. Yeah, even in that game. Yeah, yeah. you just shouldn't have been in that position anyway. No, he he's he's got to be so tired right now. I, again, Ty, I think Ty understand that tweet about this. He just he's been playing so many minutes, like putting the team mm-hmm. pretty well on his back for most of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, All star too. All star probably All-Star. takes something out of you, man. Yeah. First, yeah. Does everybody else get a vacation? You baby. go and you know do media baby and play home. a game and baby at home, baby at home, baby, baby at, home. at home. My favorite uh, song, dude. Joe, I got good news. I'm sure you saw this because you were also chronically online. Did you see the catch-up news? About Fenway? Yes. Regular catch-up is back, baby. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with the Red Sox now. That's it. Are we ta- are we doing are we doing a socks pod right now? Because <laughs> I'll do a socks pod. It's not you, you it's already going to be fun. You do seven. Uh, no, but if we do want to talk about billionaire owners of Boston sports teams being greedy assholes, we could talk about the season ticket news that dropped today. That's got that's exactly the next thing I was going to bring up. Oh my god, uh, blanket increase ten percent on average, but between ten to twenty five percent increase in tickets. I will not which be is ready. which is falls under an average increase by the way i wanted you to know that that technically falls under average according to whom the nhl i guess i don't know i saw (laughs) somebody say i saw somebody put it in quotes which to me meant it came from somewhere You can't lie they about quotes. A, that's, that's a, a quote, modest to situation. average increase. Maybe that's how they branded it. Maybe the the Bruins branded it as a modest to average. All right. Well, whatever. I got priced yeah. out. I mean, I it's insane. Not, no, I'm saying yeah. it's insane. To, oh, to no, say no, no, 10 no, yeah, to 25% I, is. That's what I figured. You're saying that like average. to say that that is average is in itself crazy. That that's like an yeah. accepted or normal amount for that to go up by. Yeah, my seats were 76 per ticket, and they will be 87 next year, which ends up being a difference of $1,500. Uh, no, thank you. Can't I just can't justify it. For 12th row balcony, $8,000. For very cramped seat. My knees are touching. Cramped. That's not a joke. My knees are touching when I'm in my seats, and I'm on the aisle. They're good seats, dude. They're good seats, but I'm not spending eight grand on them. 
just not doing what if you what if what if what if you spent eight grand on them what about then all right well that's a good point Uh, what if you split them four grand with your buddy joe now we're now we're cooking now we're cooking and i went to not many games but i sold the one seat a lot to strangers that you have to go to the game with that's the thing too it's like i don't believe in myself to recoup that eight grand over the course of the season selling tickets i don't think that's feasible um yeah and on based off what i've been seeing online like everybody else is like are you fucking kidding me like where do you went you increased it this amount yeah. why and it's because they can because they money. can in the email they said for my seats the non-season ticket price is a hundred and is now a hundred and sixty dollars per ticket increase from a hundred and twenty last season. A hundred and thirty-three percent increase. What hundred and sixty dollars for twelfth row balcony for one ticket in twelfth row balcony? A hundred and sixty dollars, which is so before- not really what it's going to cost. Because that's what they say it's going to cost. So third market, I mean, it could be lower, but it's almost certainly going to be more. Anybody who's trying to buy brew and season, uh, not even season tickets, any tickets at all throughout the season will tell you that on like a good day, you're spending maybe like 130, 140 per ticket before 80% upcharge in fees because Ticketmaster is also bending you over. It's so annoying. Jeremy Jacob, what more do you need? What? How many billions of dollars do you need before you're like, and now I'm done? You'll never be done. I think that's the billionaire's disease, brother, is there is no I'm done switch. God, they got that grind set, bro. That I'm going to fucking hoard money and sit on it like a piece of shit dragon. Not confused with Pete's dragon. I think... I mean, judging off what you're saying, you're talking about like a night in the balcony, two people coming close to 450. Oh, yeah. I would say 400 probably. If you take that 160 at face value, and so that's 320 before fees, which would almost certainly be $100. So, yeah, a little over between 400 and 450 just to get the tickets, never mind Mm -hmm. to get there or to park. Or to drink or eat anything, have fun spending nineteen dollars for a Bud Light next season too. Like we went, we went to Hub yeah. Hall and we got two beers and they're like thirty six dollars. And you looked at me, you're like, "How do you live here? Like, how do you do this?" It's insane. Denial, mostly. absolutely. So yeah, I mean, a night at at a Bruins game for just like an average fan who just wants to you know have a night. Let's go do a thing. Six hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For a balcony seat, you want to have a meal and a couple I drinks. Mean, this is 12th row balcony we're talking. This isn't like, oh, front row balcony or like, oh, a good loge seat. No, God, no. Like, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And not to compare the two products because one is like a winning team and one is not. But again, to do the Fenway thing, $600 at Fenway. I mean, Fenway is expensive. I think you but, own part of the team at that point. Yeah, I think I think you get a stake. Yeah, six hundred dollars. You <laughs> they let you pitch. <laughs> they will you know add you to crazy? the rotation. You know what's actually crazy is monster seats face value are like five forty. So That's so much money. 
Yeah, that's like that's if you go to like redsox.com and you want monster seats, they are like 500 550 bucks. Yeah, I would love to sit there at some point in my life, but every time I try to find a, a cheap game, it just doesn't exist because there's like no, 30 seats up there and everybody wants to be there because it's so you just iconic. Know somebody who can get you up there. Do, do you count? Does um, me knowing you count? Because if not, then shit, I don't, yeah, I'll never shit. know anybody. Yeah, that'll, yeah, that would count. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll talk after the show. Yeah. But the uh, thing is, yeah. you're not getting, yeah, you're not getting like a only one place in the world experience at TD Garden. You're not getting like no. a, yeah, a historical well, I, place that like, yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I love, love the timing of it too. Because not only have the Bruins been skidding, they just came off of a two, three, and two homestand. <laughs> like, and they're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a real good experience. And we think we're underselling this right now. So if what you do you give think me another thousand dollars? What do you think about the argument that the ticket price is going up and, and pricing out the average fan hurts the home ice advantage? Uh, believe in that. I like I I do. It's like iffy, know. right? It's like yeah. it's like yeah, it makes I mean, sense on it. paper, but I and I've said it before. I said that like especially for the lowers, like real when I say real fans, I mean the people who like like the diehards, like like most people in the lows probably don't fall under that category. You could probably say it's the same for the balcony, but if a diehard's going to a game, they're almost certainly sitting in the balcony. Yeah. Um, you know what I miss, dude? I miss highlights. What? I miss highlights where a big goal is scored and you can see like the people in the front row get excited. Yeah. No, I, the front people row just sitting or like banging the glass and taking clapping photos. to like yeah. an OT winner makes me want to claw my eyes out. I love in away games when you see Bruins fans on the glass because they're the fans. Like those are the, yeah. like they freak out. They're trying to get like eye contact with whatever Bruin just scored. No, like I, I don't yeah. think it's going to be like a measurable change, like that home ice advantage question. But like, yeah, I, I would vent, I would say that probably does have some effect. Um, I mean, it's affecting me. I'll say, <laughs> like, I will be going to much less games in the future because I, it's just too much money. It always was. Like, I even in college, I remember like a balcony seat was like sixty bucks. And saying that mm-hmm. now, you're like, oh my god, I fucking wish they were sixty bucks. But at the time, like you would tell people, I'm like, yeah, it's $60 for a ticket for the balcony. And they're like, what? You can get like a, a mm-hmm. balcony seat or a, uh, a grandstand seat at Fenway for like five bucks. I'm like, yeah, I know. Well, yeah. different in ownership. But yeah, I, I it's upsetting. I'm a little uh, vindicated to see everybody else upset about it, too. It wasn't just me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just I think it's one of those things where we're all upset. And we're not thrilled about it. And I'm sure there'll be other people like me who lose their season tickets. But because sports are a religion in Boston, it's not going to be it's they're going to make their money like they can't. They increased it because they can. And the Red Sox aren't paying for players because they don't have to because people are still going to go to Fenway. Like it's like you can piss off the fan base and still make your billions like it's for now, at least. It's I mean, it's a pretty proven system that it yeah. still works. You know, you can you can piss off people and they're still going to go. Damn. All right. OK, I guess that's what I'm paying now. I saw a video um, from, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. And uh, 
who is this uh want there is like a business specialist some kind of business guru giving like a speech right and he was talking about how restaurants price wine and was saying like you know you don't know what wine costs you know you know what a bud light costs at the store like when you go to the store you you know the difference in price but if you just see a fancy looking bottle with a french label on it and are told it's a hundred dollars you sure it's a special evening i'm gonna buy it you're not familiar with that brand of wine and in that speech he went on to say like you know you're not gonna pay eight dollars for a beer somewhere you're not gonna pay ten dollars for a shot of jameson who said this this was like 10 15 years ago oh i was gonna say have they never been to outside and I, yeah, it stopped me and brought me to the comments and people were like, wow, it's so crazy. Like the difference from 2010 to now, I was like, oh my God, like we, but even then this, this business guy was like, yeah, no, people wouldn't do that because they know the price difference. And it is as a, as a market, as consumers, we've just been like, you know what? Whatever is what it is, man it is what it is. Yeah. That's the garden for you. Here's my card. $48 for two beers and a bag of peanuts. Here you go. And that's uh, that's not an exaggeration. Two beers and it's a bag not. of peanuts no, is actually me, I know. It is, it is not. So. Like when I, if I take some of the game, they're like, most of the time, like, you don't have to pay for my ticket. Just grab me like a, something to eat and a beer. And like, you sure? I'm like, that's basically the cost of the ticket. <laughs> like, that's, I'm actually making out here. Like, yeah. Uh, no, it's yeah. upsetting. Um, and again, I just like keep coming back to the timing of it because it's like if the Bruins were on like a 15 game win streak, it'd be like, oh, strike while the iron is hot. But they're just like yeah. pooping the bed every other night. It's like, you're going to be super funny if we started charging more for this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to watch Nesson 360? It's only $400 a year for it to work sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Okay. This just I'm just asking. Is the is one of the last things that I wanted to bring up, unless you have a lot more. I, I don't have all too long. I got to kind of wrap kind of soonish. I'll talk. Um, it's going to be a short one, folks, but we're going to be here. doing. We're going to do four episodes a week from now on. So don't worry, folks. We'll be right back. We'll be doing That's another one tonight. Uh, um, I wanted to talk about the Jack Edwards interview. Oh, that's yeah. Let's let's. I didn't read all of it. I did. Okay. So you talk. <laughs> okay. And, I, and I'll respond. Let me. Okay. I'll start with this. Then if you haven't read it, I'm just going to jump to the middle. Jack realized that his speech was changing while (laughs) this is so, so Jack Edwards, this is crazy on the 4th of July, his family gets together and he, um, (laughs) and he reads the declaration of independence (laughs) like aloud to the family. And it was while reading that, that he, uh, that he realized and i was like we can hard break on everything else i don't we'll get to the speech slowing and all that stuff that is objectively hilarious Imagine, <laughs> he's like, like crazy uncle jack wants to read the declaration of independence every fourth of july and he's not like i don't know he's not this like staunchly conservative flag waving whatever i think he just i think he he loves 
that chapter of history so much. He brings it up a lot. Yeah. Think of his, think of his, uh, red coats, like his Boston tea party. Yeah. That's immediately what I go to. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever he monologues, it usually revolves around the revolutionary war. He loves it. Scrappy underdogs. It does. Yeah. There you go. The royalty. I think that's exactly what it is. But yeah, so it was during that that he realized, he said, you know, there's a couple words in there that slowed me down. And uh, he doesn't have cancer. Doesn't have dementia. Um, Basically, he's been to a few doctors and they they basically told him they don't know. They don't know what's going on. Um, But it doesn't appear to be anything readily, readily apparent. They didn't have a stroke. Like it's nothing like that. I couldn't tell you what it is. I just know that, uh, you know, my brain's working faster than my mouth right now. Um, which is which is sad. Which is sad. But he also said in there that they were on the road somewhere, and uh, you know, seeing the other broadcasters, you know, like the visit, they're the home team broadcasters at this other rink, and uh, you know, saying hello and all that. And one of them very confidently asked him, like, "Hey, how are the cancer treatments going?" And that's when Jack was like, okay, I think I need to like talk to the media because if, if it's to the point where like, you know, other broadcasters feel comfortable and confident enough to just come up to me and say, Hey, how's your cancer? He's like, I should probably address the fact that I don't have cancer. That makes sense. Uh, So do you think any of this implies that he hasn't noticed the online discourse around this? No, he says he's very aware of it, which makes me very sad. That does make me sad. Yeah. He said, here, I can, I can pull up the article. Yeah. If you don't mind. He, uh, he, he's very aware of it. He's seen it. And he was kind of just like, thanks for. (laughs) That's how we're ending the episode. Uh, I did see his quote. So he referred to the Bruins fandom as, uh, loving and lovely. And someone's like, that's never been said about that group of people before. And I loved his response. He was like, well, the the cult looks different from the inside. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but something to that effect. Which and I think that's perfect. It's like yeah, like the Bruins fandom. Like I, I think it's I'm sure from the inside or outside looking at it is much different. Like yeah, we're all assholes, but like that's our our angle. That's our charm. Like it's with we're assholes with love. I show affection by being mean to you. If I'm nice to you, I probably don't like you. Talking to you, you asshole. Um. This is I, th- I sent you this quote. This this is the part that made me get a little emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, Brickley, who has been alongside Edwards in the booth for his entire Nesson tenure, has a subtle way of chiming in with just one or two or three words to help his partner catch up to the action when he's lagging behind. <clears throat> quote, Brick has been sensationally supportive and he's the greatest teammate I've ever had, said Edwards, while noting the support of the of the production team, which has closed ranks around him since the speech issues arose. Edward says the Bruins fans have been nothing short of encouraging and kind in person. Quote, Bruins fans are lovely and loving. I have the benefit, and I have the benefit of the doubt with most of them, he says. I know intellectually that they know something is going on, but I've had nothing but encouragement from them face to face. And so, yeah, that's, I would imagine anybody who runs into Jack Edwards is not being an asshole about it. That's good to hear, though, because you never know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Other than yeah. someone asking how the cancer treatment is going. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, 
it makes it tougher, but also we talked about this a little bit off air for whatever reason, since he did that, he, he's sounded faster and quicker and sharper. And yeah, last yeah. two or three games, he's been good. Like I, yeah, there really hasn't really been good. any, like maybe like one or two extended, like where he goes to say like a very annoyingly long, difficult to pronounce like Swedish name. Yeah. Like Sofia Yerkstevich. Yeah, I mean, but just don't I, make him say Yerkstevich ever again. Uh, just, just Sophie J. That's yeah. your name. <laughs> Going back to you, Sophie J. My name is Sophia. <laughs> Sophie J. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that is good but, to see, honestly. But it's good to see, yeah, and, and it makes me sad that he's seen the online discourse because that just yeah. that just stinks. Every but, time I would see some asshole tweet, I'm like, guys, Jack is gonna read this. <laughs> like, don't do it. He's also chronically online. Like, ah. Uh, yeah yeah he's well we love our crazy uncle jack um god bless him things uh i mean if we don't if we want to wrap it up i don't have to dive into too too many things i was gonna say that i like the green men i like the vancouver green men i think it's a good bit they're good they're good i and i feel stupid because when they came out i was like yep it's the green men and then everyone's like oh my god they're back i'm like Oh, I didn't know they left. Like I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Either. Like I, I had no I didn't idea. Either. Like no idea. And there was one point Frederick was in the box, and they were just like throwing the waffles out of the box. And I'm like, there's no way Frederick on some level wasn't loving that. Like it's like that was like an OT too many men penalty in the box. So like he wasn't in a great mood. But like any any other circumstance, I'm sure he would have been looking at him just like cheese and. Yeah, it, I like when you can tell that the, the players are trying not to laugh. Yeah, no, that's that's good. Which I feel like that the whole point of it is to kind of fuck with the players in a way, not even like in the piss them off. Just like if they're acknowledging you or thinking about you at all, you're doing your job. Yeah, that feels so European, doesn't it? The green men. It doesn't, or not even yeah. European, but just non-American, non-hockey well, Canadian. It doesn't feel like a hockey. You know what thing. I mean? It, yeah, yeah. It just feels like something you'd see in another sport where you're like. You know, or even the, just a different like Latin league. Like, that's sport. Like, and you're like, man, they have fun over there. Like Japan knows what it's Japanese is really what it is. Yeah, it's like yeah. you see that in like a, a Japan game. Be like, wow, they they have more fun with their. We need that here, and it's here. That's cool. I, I would it. believe the NCAA team was doing that, and for hockey, I would believe a college team was doing that. Yeah, yeah, but it would just be students. It wouldn't be like sanctioned. Like no, 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 no. Yeah. The green men. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, that. And uh, Noah Hannafin is expensive, and I don't want him, but I also don't want him to go to Tampa. Yep, come, yep, go nowhere, go nowhere at all. Go home, dude. I also forgot we have like no draft picks coming up. Our next first rounder is 2026. I forgot we gave up a first round pick for Bertuzzi. Forgot about that. Oh, I'm sorry, we have one in 2025. We have a first in 2025. Whoops, next year we'll be fine. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. Um, kids yeah. are all right. Yeah, uh, I kept saying I'm not staying up till 10 p.m. to watch the Bruins play the Seattle Kraken, and then as I said it, I'm like, "Yes, I am." What am I talking about? Of course you are. Uh, of course I am. Uh, I will. Wa- I will watch them lose at Climate Pre- Pledge Pledge Arena <laughs> at Climus Pre- <laughs> at Primus Prejudice Arena. <laughs> <laughs> I forget it was the the Red Wings won a game there, and I forget which one of them, but they were being recorded as they're walking down the tunnel. He's like, "All right, let's get out of this shithole." I'm like, oh, I didn't know people didn't Good. like climate plans. I, I immediately assumed it was mullet when I saw the the title. I was like, that hey, what other place could this be? And it turns out Seattle. Huh. 
Uh, did you see Monty kind of not not dragging Lauco, but kind of kind of put him in blast a little bit? Said like he, he contributed more last year than this. Yeah, that that's kind of it. Like uh, he's so he said Lauco last year played the first four games in the playoffs. Said Montgomery of the first wings first round presence. I think his habits and his intensity were a lot higher. He just needs to get that back. Kind of hard when Justin Brazo and Alexander Rashard. Is it Alexander? Is it Alexander? Anthony. Wow, I should, Anthony. I always say Alexander. Rashard are uh, taking his uh, spot away from him. I like Brazo a lot. I like him a lot. We didn't talk about him, but I like him a lot. Uh, I mistakenly conflated size with Snarl, uh, the uh, most darling player on the ice. Uh, absolute marshmallow, if you will. Um, but not in a bad way. To, like, just He's just a big guy in front of the net. and You can't move him because he's too big. I want somebody to try him. I want to see what he looks like fighting because I'm just curious. Everything he's brought so far, I really like. Could use more. Could use more. Just in general. Yeah. I would like somebody mean on the team, though. I would like just an asshole. Ryan Reeves. <laughs> Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Milan Lucic is not I can't out. take it another step. I can't take it another step because it's... <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. That's all we need. Is He's gone. gone. He's gone. Uh, I got nothing else. Uh... All right. Sorry we took so long. We'll be back more. Yeah, more and sorry this time. is a short one. Yeah, but we wanted to squeeze one in for you guys. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoy the rest of the West Coast road trip. Stay up isn't, late. Isn't it just one game and then they're back? It's one game. One game. Enjoy it. Stay up to one you, on, it's a, probably on a Monday. happening at the time this drops. You're probably listening probably. to this probably right now as the game is on. The Only game. on Nesson. You don't need another app. You don't I fucking hate that network so much. I'm going to buy it more. Did I tell you the pure? Did no. we talk about the Pierre Maguire thing? No. The My, my future father-in-law just like dropped on me that he was fraternity brothers with Pierre Maguire. Yeah. And like, this is not yes, a man who knows hockey very well. So that he's not, he, I, he like knows he's kind of a big deal, but he's like, do you know Pierre Maguire? I'm like, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, we were in the same fraternity. I was like, What? What are you saying? There was a right frat, now? bro. I can't picture it. They like barely overlap, so I didn't really know each other. But like, it just—I was like, "What are you saying to me right now?" <laughs> I forget, that's not even Pierre's not even his name. I forget what it actually is, but that's not his actual first it's name. It's like saying, "Like you know, Joe Biden." <laughs> no, <laughs> he was on my bar trivia team. <laughs> it's my dad. What? The... Isn't that crazy? My father. Yeah, Pleased to meet you, yeah. Hunter. Yeah, if, little known fact: Mike Sullivan, Charlie McAvoy's father-in-law. Wow, married wow. at the Boston Public Library. Can you believe it? Can We're dragging the sun. All right, folks. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back. Um, God bless. God, God rest your soul. <laughs> God rest your souls. God rest ye merry. All right. God rest ye merry, gentlemen. And thank uh, you for bearing with me for three weeks. Yeah.